0: people who haven't done a lot or they're just starting out and they're like, yeah, I wrote this, I'm gonna direct it and I'm gonna star in it and I'm gonna this. And it's like, okay, you can, but it's like, is it gonna be the best it can be? Mm -hmm. Is it gonna go anywhere? Mm -hmm. Are you gonna sell the thing, you know? Or is it gonna be a really nice home
1: movie that you have that you show your friends? Welcome to the Rough Cut Club. I am your host Joey Nicotra, here with my co-host, the one, the only, Mr.
2: Shane Reitzamer. Shane, how you doing, bro? Good, man. I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good to be back in the studio on another episode of. The Rough Cut Club. I love it, man. I
1: love it. Well, today we have an exciting episode with a good friend of ours. Uh, He is an actor, writer, producer, director, filmmaker, house flipper extraordinaire, uh, and business partner, I believe, with uh, even a previous guest that we've had on the show. Uh, Welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Schroeder. Thank you.
0: Excited to be here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Welcome uh, getting VIP access into the club now. We're excited to have you as as an official member. Member.
2: Can't talk today. Member. And that was an impressive resume. Like that was like he does everything. And he does it all very well too. We've had the pleasure of uh, uh, interacting on the actor front. He's been in a lot of uh, several things that we've had the opportunity to crew out on. And then uh, we worked uh, with and for Nick uh, on a show called uh reconciled uh yep. if i remember right and that was a uh, that was a blast with him and uh cory cannon and Cinemammoth. mammoth so cinema story and Cinemammoth mammoth got to come together on that one it was great
1: yeah also renting out gear so getting into the rental game as well doing a little bit of everything man so super pumped to have you on and uh just learn a little bit about you and your story
0: very cool yeah i love what you guys are doing it's been really cool to watch you guys kind of just get this from the ground up and uh i love it thanks so I'm, man. I'm 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 Really excited to be here, and I'm I love talking to you guys. So That's
2: awesome. Like we man. can talk for hours <laughs> for sure. Yeah, strap in. This could be a four-hour. That's right. That's right. So,
1: um, man, for our guests that don't know you, uh, take us back. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, who you are, how you got into filmmaking, man.
0: Man, that is a that is a big <laughs> piece of luggage to unpack. <laughs> a loaded question. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep it as quick as I can. I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. I'm a Minnesota boy, and I have been in love with movies since I saw my first film you know it was just something that I just instantly gravitated towards and I always wanted to be involved with movies somehow didn't have a clue how to do it you know from small town Minnesota and Hollywood is probably the furthest thing that you could imagine as a kid growing up where I grew up uh, but you know started making little films when I was like nine ten years old with the home Sony camera get my friends together shoot little movies I'd write them you know, edit in the camera, you know, like that was bad. I got to rewind it and just record over it, you know. And uh, so it was just a blast. I loved creating and and making my own little projects. I would do stop motion animation with my little yeah. Ghostbusters and my, you know, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's um, awesome. It was, it was a blast and I, and I loved it. And then when I was in high school, I was probably 15, 16, the first home editing software came out. So you could, like, buy editing software on your computer and edit. And it was the coolest thing I've ever experienced. Like, just the creativity, you know, and being able to go shoot something and create, like, an actual movie and edit it and put, like, transitions and music and sound effects. And it was so cool. And it was so frustrating because it would crash every 15 minutes. (laughs) Hey, not
1: much has changed, bro. (laughs) You'd spend, like
0: a hundred hours on this thing and I just want to export it and then it crashes <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't work. But, um, shout but out to auto
1: save Yeah.
0: We've come a long way. We I, can, have. I can do that on my iPhone now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's right. It's insane. But, um, so I always loved it. Uh, didn't really know how to get into it. And there was this show on discovery channel. I don't know if you guys remember or if you're old enough, it was called movie magic. And it was a show on discovery where it was basically behind the scenes. And they would show you how they did all of these stunts and these effects. And I thought it was the coolest show I've ever seen in my life. And then when the DVDs came out, they had the behind the scenes feature on DVDs. Mm. And I love that more than I loved the movie, you know? So I always wanted to learn. I was always just so amazed by the art of filmmaking that bring, what it was. That you know? brings
1: me like, you just unlocked memories from back when mm. like DVDs would come out and it was like you had the sections where it was like play the film or the behind the scenes yes. film and yes. I forgot that they used to do that so often with movies and it's not a thing anymore.
2: I, I, it was such a good tell sign if you wanted to be a filmmaker if you did click that behind the scenes yes. even sometimes before you even watched the film or you couldn't wait till you finished the film right, so you could watch the behind the scenes, and I would watch I every single behind the scenes featurette that. that they would have. That's that's awesome. I'm glad he yeah. brought yeah. that back up.
0: I'll, I'll never forget my first DVD was, um, oh my gosh,
2: I just forgot.
1: <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> just kidding. Back up, I'll never forget my first DVD was Gladiator with Russell, oh, Ch- dude. Yeah.
1: That is in my top five to this day, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and amazing film
0: went to the behind the scenes, the making of, yeah, just blew me away you know like i
1: still want to watch that i haven't seen the behind the scenes for it
0: so good so good and yeah so i just i've always loved filmmaking didn't really know how to ever get into the business didn't have a clue didn't have any connections uh when i graduated high school i thought about going to school to be an editor because i really enjoyed editing and it was a, a passion of mine and so there was uh a community college, I guess a tech school, you'd say, uh, that was local to me, and you could go for a two-year program and become an editor. But it was like fifty thousand dollars for a two-year program, and I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? Yeah, because I, I didn't have any vision of going to Hollywood or m- working on movies. I'm like, what can I do with this? Work mm. at the local news station, right? And make fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy, and so I just passed on that and kind of figured, well, I'm just going to go and do the family business. You know, my dad owned a construction company, was super successful with that. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. And then when I was 19, there was a random uh, casting call, I guess you would call it. My uncle saw in the newspaper, he's like, why don't you go do this? And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go. I have no clue what this is. I don't know what I'm doing. Went, kind of did like a little audition thing. They took me, long story short, Ended up going to New York for some competitions for acting and, and modeling. And then I had a manager in New York that wanted me, had a manager in LA that wanted me. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm all about Hollywood. Like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. go to New York, you know. New York is theater, Broadway. Right. I'm, no, I'm I'm all about Hollywood. So I was uh, all set to go to, to Hollywood, move out there. I was 20 years old, got diverted down to Florida, actually, got into an actor's studio down there, started doing short films. Started doing, I did my first feature. It's a World War II submarine movie. Nice. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And um, it, it was just a hard road, though, you know? Even at 21, I'm like, what am I doing, you know? I'm like, am I going to be 25 just trying to be an actor, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking. So I had kind of made up my mind that I was going to move back up to Minnesota and start doing the business again. And uh, right when I made that decision, I got a phone call that I booked a pilot for a TV show. Mm. And so that reignited the the passion and um, kind of put a wild hair at my butt. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, this is crazy, you know? Um, a lot of people on the pilot were from L.A. So it made me want to move to L.A. So I said, I'm doing it. And at 22, packed up the car, drove across the country to L.A. And I spent most of my 20s in L.A.
2: Wow. What a journey. Okay, so let me just back up. At 21, he's he's... Stress. He's like, where where am I gonna go with this? Which agency? agency?" He already booked a feature in a submarine. This is awesome, man. What a what a journey though, and that's really cool. The experience that you had even at that early age.
0: Yeah, and I actually, when I was in Orlando, I actually booked Never Back Down. And you're kidding? Yeah, so that would have been the first movie that I ever did, and I was over the moon, like so excited. Uh, That was like a huge movie. Yeah, they they loved me. They loved the audition, right? Wait, so which role was it? It was it was a small role. Sure. So it was supporting. It was one yeah. of the football players. Yeah, yeah, And I would have uh, gotten the fight with yeah, uh, yeah. the main character. Mm. It was like the opening scene of the right, movie. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm 21. This is the first thing I've ever done. That's awesome. Super excited. They call me up to Orlando to to uh, work with the stunt coordinators. So I get up there, I go to the production office, see the director, who was a big director. As I'm walking in, uh, Amber Heard's walking out. And uh, Cam Gigadet, I don't even, I never know how to Gigante. say that dude's name. <laughs> I think it's
1: Gigante. Gigante? I think so, dude. I always called him Gigadant or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, Gigadude. I think it's Gigante. That's yeah. nothing I like could spell, because that's crazy. I think because Will Kaufman uh, just did a movie with him, and that's how he pronounced it. And I was like, I'm going to pretend that I knew that, but I called him Gigadant or whatever forever. But it's Gigante. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs>
0: like I knew him from the OC because the OC was like one of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. shows. He comes walking out. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And then Amber Heard, I didn't know it was Amber Heard. Yeah, she yeah. came walking out. I'm like, this is amazing. And I walk in. They have this whole setup with you know pads and, and um, heavy bags and all this stuff yeah. for the fight training. And I walk in there, and I recognize two of the stuntmen, the stunt coordinators from 300. And I'm mm. like, these are the guys. I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm getting so stoked. And then I look over, and I see this guy walk in, and it was the same guy from the callback. My callback, it was mm. so it was my competition, mm. and my heart just sank. I'm like, this. What? I'm like, what's going on? Um. And apparently, the director really wanted me. The producer really wanted the other guy, mm. so they gave it to him. Damn, and they cut me.
1: Yeah, dude, yeah. that is heart, heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh that's man, renting. dude, I loved that movie growing up. Man, I I haven't seen it in forever, and not, you know, I don't know how well it's held up over time, but I. Was a fan of that movie, and that would have been hilarious if our paths crossed later in life.
0: It was a cool movie, you know. I it's actually, cool. I wasn't gonna watch it, yeah, but I made myself watch it. You know, it's one of those yeah, things yeah, yeah. like
1: you have to see what yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, but it was, um, yeah. I mean, at the time, it was devastating, you know. Now it's like you know, whatever, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was one of those devastating moments, but, um, but yeah, that's that's part of
1: being an actor. It's part yeah. of the business. Yeah, you know? man, that's gross. Yeah, that is really crazy. Okay, so um, you. Get started in the business. This is what you're 21 when that happened.
0: Yeah, 21, uh, 22, moved to LA, and I was in LA till 28. Okay, and just out there doing anything I could you yeah. know, writing, acting. Um, I did, I worked on everything, you know, network shows, big yeah. movies, commercials. Um, and it was a really cool experience just being on the back lots. Yeah, you know, going to Warner Brothers, Universal, Paramount, being on these back lots. Um, like you know, I, did, I auditioned for The Office and, you know, just auditioning for these shows Dude, that that's are so like, sick. you know, you grow yeah. up loving and then you're like there, yeah. you know, you're actually in the room auditioning for wow. these things. You're on the sets where they're being filmed every day. You're walking in the back lots and you're just seeing, you know, some of your favorite celebrities walk out of the, you know, the sound so stages. Cool. And it was really, really cool. And just the history, you know, it's really inspirational, you yeah. know, for your, for your creativity just to be there it was really, really cool wow um i i was like 23 and i had done that submarine movie and they needed b-roll for like the submarines and explosions and stuff so i'm like going to warner brothers going to universal going down into their vaults and like their stock footage and just going through all this stuff that's been shot from like u-571 and spielberg movies and they're Hmm. like yeah what do you want you know (laughs) they're like i'm just seeing all this footage that's never been yeah dude it was so cool so I had some pretty pretty amazing experiences out there. Um, did the T2 stunt show, the 3D stunt show. I played Arnold Schwarzenegger in the stunt show. Oh, that's awesome. Which Arnold is one of my biggest fans. Same. Not biggest. many
1: people connect with me on that, but I grew up a diehard Arnold yeah. fan. Yeah. I have seen T2 over 150 times, not even kidding you. To this day, my most viewed movie that I've ever seen.
0: It's, it, I, it's amazing. I mean, it's just the script is so good. The so special good. effects were way ahead of its time. They hold up you even know? now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, now we're living it with AI, yes. right? Seriously. <laughs> it's come true. It was Dude. A, it was prophecy.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a, that's awesome, man. So, okay, so you're back in LA, you're 28. Um, how do you get to Texas, man?
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's another story. Um, yeah, I mean, living in LA was love-hate, you know, just super yeah. difficult to make a career, super difficult to – to live it's just so expensive there's so many people and i would see a lot of my friends were working actors like professional actors that you would see in everything yeah and they have families and they don't know where their next paycheck is going to come from you -hmm. know they don't know if they're going to book another job most of them rent a house because they can't afford to buy one and i'm like you know i was 25 26 and they're in their 40s i'm like what am i doing you know, is was that whole thing again, like, yeah. quarter life where, where crisis. am I going with this? Like, mm. really, you know, be, let's be realistic. The odds of making it are you're, you got to win the lottery, you know? Mm. So I ended up moving back home to Minnesota and moved back home, missed my friends, missed my family, you know, that whole thing. And just wanted to start a life and started a construction company. That started going really well. Uh, started with nothing. Didn't even have a tool but I'm like, oh, I guess I'm gonna start a construction company and do that. And uh, God just totally blessed it, man. And like I said, every year doubled in business and that was going really well, but I always had a huge emptiness because filmmaking, it's a sickness, dude. It's whether you're an actor, whether you're a writer, it's like no matter how much you hate it, no matter how much you wanna quit, you can walk away from it for years it it will not leave you alone. It's like it's like that ghost that just haunts you, you know. And you're like it's that it's that itch you have to scratch, you know. And so I really missed it. And I was back for a couple of years and I'm like, man, I I would give anything to be on set again. I'd give anything to be creative again, you know. But I didn't know how. Again, like I'm living in Minnesota, like what am I going to do? I'd audition for things here and there and You know, every once in a blue moon, book something. But there was nothing going on in Minnesota. And, you know, I'd pray. I'm like, God, if you want me in the industry, you're going to have to pull me out of here. You know, because now it's like I've got a business. I've got a career. I've got a home. You know, I don't know how this is going to happen. And (laughs) then I get an email from my business partner, uh, my investing partner in real estate has nothing to do with the film industry. I mean, this this dude flips houses and, you know, buys apartment buildings. And he gets an email about a casting for, <laughs> I don't even know if I should talk about it. This <laughs> this thing called mm. And so I got involved with this this up and coming, what I thought was this up and coming streaming network and TV show <laughs> Got heavily involved. Um, the, the the dude even made me the CEO. I invested a ton of money into this thing. Mm. Um, had friends that invested into this thing. Turns out it was complete scam, like mm. total fraud. And it's one of those things where it was like, I wasn't naive, like I knew, I knew, you know what I mean, in the back of my mind, but you want it to be something. Mm. And I believed in the guy more than I believed in what he had, you know, mm. so I put all my trust into him. Anyways, long story short, ended up being nothing. But through what was one of the worst situations that I had experienced in life, I'm now sitting here with you guys. Because had I not gotten involved with that, I never would have been in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, We were gonna set up our studios for that streaming network at Capernaum Studios. That's where we were gonna have our offices. So he told me to go down to Texas, meet Tammy, tour the studios, through meeting her, she cast me in Washington's Armor. Wow. On the set of Washington's Armor, obviously I met you guys, Yeah, met Corey Cannon, who is my stunt double for Washington's Armor, and the rest is history. Like, I think in 2021, I was down here 14 times for projects and just hanging out and visiting and doing different things. And uh, Corey and I always talked about, we want to produce, we want to executive produce. that's when Trey and Ariel, who were longtime friends of mine from, from LA, I've known them for 16 years. Mm. I knew that they had shows that they were trying to do, uh, really believed in them, believed in what they were doing, believed in their message. And I was like, hey, Corey, you, got, you want to produce a TV show? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And uh, we both had the means to do to do that. So we executive produced Reconciled. Mm. And through that, Trey and Ariel came out to Texas, because we filmed at Corey's house in in Mm -hmm. Fort Worth. They came out to Texas. I was able to tell them all about Capernaum Studios and my experience there. And uh, at that point, I had known Tammy really well. And they're like, man, we love it. We wanna go look at it. We wanna go see it. We wanna tour it. So I brought them out to Capernaum Studios. They saw the sets. They met Tammy. They met the team out there. They're like, this is perfect for this movie we wanna do. It's called Bringing Back Christmas. Like it'd be way better to film here than LA, so they ended up bringing their film out to to Texas, and uh, we got to work on that, and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. That's going to be in theaters uh, this this November, so it was just kind of one thing after another snowballed, and um, here we are. So.
2: And fun yeah. fact, uh, Nick and Corey reached out to me and my daughter Kaya, who was. Probably four months at the time, played Baby Jesus in the film, which was, I was super stoked. So, uh, but it was really cool to see you guys out there on that set. And then going all the way back to um, uh, content, uh, the content conferences. I think that's the first time I ever saw your face. And then uh, content, uh, I think it was 2019 or 2020, maybe it was. And the next thing I know, I saw you on Washington's armor, you know, and cast, it was awesome, man. So it's, that's crazy. I did not know all the backstory dude, of I didn't either. how all yeah. that crosses and, and came together. But like you said, man, that's a God thing. Like, you know, even through what seemed like a, a disaster, like, dude, look at all the success now. Like you and Corey are crushing it with cinema mammoth, you know, Ariel and Trey and what all the things that y'all are doing out here. And, and you guys got to meet cinema story, which we're super Cherry thankful on top, for. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Now,
0: Love you guys, but yeah, seriously, I mean, in, in literally, what's it been, two years? Yeah. If mm. two and a half, maybe, I went from, you know, doing construction, not thinking I'd ever be involved in film again, to I've ex- executive produced a TV show, which is on TBN now. I've executive produced uh, film, which we just sold, feature film, a monster thriller, Um, you know, worked on Congrats. bringing back Christmas, with production coordinator on that, which is gonna be in theaters, and now, I mean, we've got a slate of four films that I'm really excited about and things are just crazy. You know, I've got reality, Bro, reality show so I'm working awesome. on. So it's, it's, it's incredible what's happened in, in a very short amount of time.
1: Dude, I have literally a million questions that I want to ask you about so many different topics, but you've touched on like what your film journey was like almost a little bit out in LA versus what it's been like here in Texas, which I think is kind of an interesting viewpoint. You being both in the industry over there which for everyone in Texas, the grass looks greener over there by, you know, like a long shot. But at the same time, you've gotten to walk and do both. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your viewpoint is on like the film industry over there versus over here uh, with you kind of having a foot in both, you know, states uh, and cities, if you will, for a, a season of your life.
0: Yeah, I mean, I well, I think from my perspective is – going into hollywood unless you are very well connected or you have family members or you have best friends who are in a position to give you a job or bring you in it's almost impossible to break to break in you know i mean you can you can throw rocks at the windows and you might get a crack every once in a while but it's so difficult versus if you could be in like a fort worth or a dallas or even you know louisiana some of these smaller markets where you can actually work, you know, and and build relationships and, uh, you know, your career can take off. I Personally, I don't know that there's any benefits to, to living in Hollywood anymore. Everybody I know since I've lived there has moved and left. Um, people don't want to be there anymore. I mean, you know, politics aside, everything that's going on in that state, people just don't want to be there anymore. And they don't need to be there. You know, they can move to to Texas, they can move to Louisiana or Georgia or the Carolinas or Kentucky. Now is blowing up. I just did two films in Kentucky last fall. There were six other films at the same time that were filming there, uh, and I had no idea. But their tax incentive is so great. Yeah. You know, California, there's zero yeah. tax incentive. They don't care. Yeah. You know, so I don't think you need to be there. You know, even some of the biggest films, all the the, the Marvel. Uh, Netflix stuff is being done in Atlanta so you don't need to live in Hollywood you know but this business like most things it's a hundred percent relationship it's who you know and how you know them, you know and so the best thing that you can do from you know the earliest age you can is just start building relationships start working getting on sets meeting people treating people well work your butt off because they're going to remember you you know, I mean you guys know from working on sets, you work with somebody, they have a great attitude, they're fun to be around, they do a good job, you will always bring them back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's the best thing that you can do to work your way up and get noticed.
2: Love that, that's man. great advice. Great advice. Putting yourself in the room. We talk about that a lot yeah, on this podcast. You got to first put yourself in the room, and then you have to show up and do the work. Preparation, mm-hmm. meeting, opportunity
1: too. Just like when you're prepared to do a good job on set, and you bring the right attitude, and you're a likable person, uh, you meet someone like that's how opportunities come along. Um, and and you know, people want to work with people they like and who do quality work. And it's like the you know, who you know and what you know, or it's all you got to focus on. You know.
0: It really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the Adam Sandler crew. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 easy to kind of poke fun at that, but it's like the same guys in every movie. Mm. It's cuz they're there his boys. He loves them. He loves working with them and he can trust them, you know. And it wasn't until I got more into the film industry how much I realized it really is about your team and it's about who you surround yourself with. And then from a producing perspective, that's 100% true and that's that's why I love Texas so much because I've I've found such amazing people, you know, producing partners, uh, directors, DPs, uh, crew members that I will always use on every single project I do, you know, and it's just a hard industry anyways. And when you have people with bad attitudes or people who don't do a good job or people who don't show up or whatever the case, it's like, it it makes making a movie that much more difficult and it's just not worth it. You know? So when you find those people that you click with and that you can trust be like, yeah, Joey's got this. Shane's got it. I don't have to think about it. It's invaluable. It's peace know?
1: of mind, too, in the project. Yeah. And it's like there's so many things that are going through. I, I saw a post. I don't have it. But it was like even just on like the DP side, uh, like all the things that a DP is thinking about all in the same moment. Um, and, and just to have a lot like the lighting composition, uh, worrying about sound, worrying about camera movement, worrying about the settings and the camera, the F-stop, the IS, the shot, it goes on and on and on all at the same time that having peace of mind with my crew is such a valuable thing for me where I'm like, I'm not worried about this team member because I know they have it. It's like, like m- you know it's a priceless component of making a project together same with the directing like when you have a dp that you do not worry about because you know what they're going to deliver and you know they're going to do it with a good attitude
2: it it makes the process better so yeah i agree we just had uh tammy lane on as a guest a couple episodes ago or maybe this last episode and uh (laughs) and um Trust, you know, it's it all goes back to that relationship and trust and building those relationships, and that's really cool to hear. So I never drank the uh, L.A. Kool Aid, you know, Joey. Going back to your comment about the grass I is greener, moved there. yeah, Joey. I almost lost Joey to L.A. and and I just, man, when I uh, when I got into the industry, I yeah, I thought oh L.A. would be cool, but I kind of had perceived and had heard how hard it is to make it there, and and I saw so much opportunity in Texas, even back in 2012. You know, and when there was just opportunity being birthed, I mean, people were starting to make films and, you know, there was more than just TV. Because like you, like in Minnesota, it's like, OK, if I go to film school, what am I to do? TV. That's yeah. all that's yeah. that's all that's available. Or you move to L.A. or New York. Right now, you can literally move to any decently sized market and find film work, you know, either as a freelancer or. You know, uh, there could be a production company uh, that's that's hiring, so they, or an ad agency. So there's a lot of opportunity to create um, that there wasn't uh, before. So it's really cool actually to hear somebody yeah. say that and that's true with LA.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, there is a there's a mystique to it, right? I mean, it's Hollywood. You yeah. you as a filmmaker, as an actor, you want to go to Hollywood, right? Yeah. You have the stars in your eyes. It's it's a dream, and that's what it was for me. And it was really cool to experience it, and I'm glad I did. I probably always would have wondered what if, but in this day and age, you just you don't need to do that. Yeah, you know. I mean, years ago, yeah, you did, but now you don't, and you can be this huge fish in a in, in a small pond, and go there, and you're you're one of a dozen. You yeah. know, it's like you're not you're you're not. You know what I'm saying? A, like
2: if, if you if you're watching the episode on YouTube, I still think <laughs> Joey's eyes. He still has this little like, yeah, but yeah, what if like, I, I went do, to I saw I, I saw it, yeah. <laughs>
1: I do. Okay, uh, but here's, saw the my, twinkle. Here, here's here's my thing with it. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm here in Texas. But I um, by no means think I am like the hottest thing under the sun. But I, I will say that in the sphere of people that I work in, I feel like a relatively medium-sized fish, if you will, in a smaller pond um, where I do have a desire to be in the ocean with the sharks. You know what I mean? Like I want to learn from – the most elite people that are out there and I feel like there's just like a home base of like the biggest fish in the pond that are working in LA and I think that is my biggest like draw to it is that I want to be the dumbest person in the room again Um, and, and I'm not saying it in an arrogant way but it's like When you go work on an Avatar Way of the Water set and you're like, I have no idea what any single piece of equipment in this room does and every single person in here is like a master of their craft, it's like that is the one thing I do feel like is a little bit lacking. Uh, I don't even want to say a little bit. That is the one thing that LA still has where it's like the biggest, coolest productions in the world still happen there. And I think that is the allure and the draw for me but at the same time i get more work here especially in the commercial space than you know a lot of people would out there and so there it's it's a give and take like i think you there's more opportunity here um from from like a quantity financial sense but at the same token i think the The biggest productions in the world still happen in there with all the celebrities, the music artists, the, you know, the actors and everything. And I think that is still like the draw.
2: I think we'll see a change, though. I think we're seeing a change now. I think, uh, you know, from Louisiana to Georgia, like you were saying, a lot yeah. of this stuff is, is, and even what we talked about on the other show yeah. with that studio being built, potentially being right. built here in Texas, you know, there's some big, big things that are moving. Yeah. And I think you'll start seeing the migration of even some of yeah. those. I mean, the studios exist in L.A., right. right? But I think that's why I'm excited about the narrative space right now because I think there's opportunity to come yeah. in and compete on these streaming channels with these studios yeah. I mean you're selling feature films you know yeah. you just talked yeah. about that uh, yeah
0: and you've got you've got stuff coming here pretty quickly right. it seems like like it's grown in the last five years it's grown there's definitely a shift there's that's a shift, happening yeah. right and, now yeah I think it was down in Mansfield wasn't there like a 70 acre studio yeah. they're looking at building
1: a 47 million dollar yeah. new movie studio they're doing yeah. yeah and
0: I mean like you got Austin you got mm-hmm. Houston you got these things happening so I think there's definitely a shift and the thing with filming in in texas is it's so easy compared to filming in la right with the permitting Permitting. and it's insane it's like you want to light a candle you have to have the fire department there right you know here it's like oh you're starting a fire you know what permit (laughs) we don't care here's some gasoline yeah what do you need more
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, right
0: (laughs) so you know it's just easier it's 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 less expensive yeah So there's a lot of positives to it, but I totally, I totally get it. You want the challenge, yeah. you know, I do, you want the challenge and you want to grow. And I mean, you're hungry. That's, that's what, that's how you're successful, you know, like successful people, driven people. You're never really satisfied. right? So, you know, you're always going to want that next level. And I get that. It's like, you want to be good at tennis, play tennis with somebody who's better than you. Right. So yeah, I get it. But yeah, I think, you know, being based here, having the experience that you've had, percent. The, the, the career that you have that can always happen yeah you know and you can always go out there for a project or right. back and forth make connections
1: so i mean i do think it's helped me grow too in a lot of areas that i would have like it would have been a slower process to almost get to where i'm at in my craft um just i have had an opportunity like more opportunity here to to cut my teeth on some things that would have been harder to acquire that position or that role over there. Um, And so I think that, you know, while those opportunities exist over there, it's very difficult to get past being like a PA on one of those sets and and actually climb the ladder where I've gotten to have the first world experience. here, which I think is cool, but again, not to make this
2: about me, I want to do- <laughs> yeah. nah, man. Well, I want to hear about uh some of these films and the experience on those <laughs> films. So, the uh, the one that you just sh- sold, yeah, the horror film, uh, is it is it still called Shadow, uh, Shadows Creek? Shadow, Shadow Creek, Shadow yeah, Creek. Shadow okay.
0: Creek, still called Shadow Creek. We actually just signed a uh, deal. Yesterday, congrats! I think. congrats yes.
2: So, what's the uh, what's the plan for it? it? You know, how how are people going to see it? Is it getting distributed? So,
0: yeah. So we don't have any of those details yet. Okay. Um, so we just signed on with uh, NDA, Shane. NDA.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Bleep all this out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's uh, international, so you know we're going oh, for right. international sales and in then North America, and uh, our goal is obviously all the the major streamers. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a, a perfect world, but we'll see what. We'll see what happens with it yeah um but yeah just stay tuned for that and and we'll let you know where and when you can see that but uh yeah i mean that was a passion project for sure that was the first thing that uh that i executive produced as far as a feature film i uh, co-directed that ended up uh directing a lot of the the reshoots and and a lot of additional scenes that we wanted filmed so that was a really cool experience like from I, I just love that. From the moment I said action, it was just like, I was on cloud nine, dude. I was a kid in a candy store. Um, that's what I love. I love working with actors and, and just, you know, creating creating the story. Um, but yeah, it was a, again, it was just a total God thing. Like I met Corey, uh, I met Ryan, Sharon Oliphant's another producing partner of ours. She actually moved to Texas for for the same reason Uh-oh. and then got here and had no job. And, you know, She's like, what am I here for? And uh, just saw that we were trying to produce a movie, reached out to us, and you know, the rest is history. She, she's an amazing person, uh, amazing producer. She'll do anything for anybody. So she's a major asset to have on the set, and the four of us just got together, and we're like, we want to make a movie. So we all threw in our own money and shot this thing here in Texas, and I think it was three weeks, um, and then the post took us, Eight years? No, I'm just <laughs> I think. It, always. Yeah, yeah, I think it took us a year, uh, a little over a year to get it done. But so we're super proud of that. You know, it was just yeah. kind of like that first step to see like, hey, can we actually do this on our own, and yeah. can we do it together? Can we work together as a team? And uh, you know, we're we're pretty proud of what we got. I mean, you know, shoestring budget, and I always say I think we did the hardest thing we probably could have done for a first movie with no budget. Mm-hmm. Is Shooting seventy five percent of that movie in the woods at night, mm. yeah. Like you know, Those are tough. Anything dude. after that, you know, we're looking at doing another film in studio with like one location yeah. on a sound stage. I'm like, this will be a cake. piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the air conditioning right, controlled right. environment, you know,
1: have power, <laughs> have power, bathrooms
0: the nearby. Sound is yeah. going to be good, you know. Control you have dirt bikes and coyotes, and sound and, blankets on them. And, oh yeah. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, we definitely cut our teeth with a challenge. Yeah. And I think that's always – it's not a bad thing. You yeah.
2: Know? So I, I heard something when you were telling us that story. Do you feel like if you look at being a uh, producer, a director, an actor, and a writer, among all the other amazing you – know, you said you did production coordinating, so you've done a lot of different roles – but I I felt like that twinkle was in your eye when you were talking about directing when you said action right so what is your what is your are you drawn to that as a creative the most or do you have a favorite or is it all of the above
0: I think hundred percent directing would be the most exciting for me probably and the most passionate also writing but I think a lot of times you know you're a writer director mm. so like for example I wrote uh, a film an MMA film that we're looking at producing and I love that story and I would love to direct it. You know, I we have a fantastic director Lisa Arnold. She's she's phenomenal and she's going to do a great job. And I'm not at that level I don't think where I could step out and do a movie at the the budget that this is and the level that this is. You know, but I would love to. Like I'm like, "Oh man, to be able to take that story and then to visually create it, you know, with the actors and I love I'm an actor. So I'm I, I'm very much a an actor's director, you know, and I just love working with actors, and and uh, yeah, I think that was a hundred percent the most exciting part of making Shadow Creek for me, for mm. sure. So that's that's where I want to go. Yeah, you know, that's the direction I want to go in. But producing is is second to that. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I'm again, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business guy. I haven't worked for anybody in ten years. You know, and I, from in real estate, it's project managing, right? And that's what like producing is, you know? So producing really is just, it's finding a a script that's worth making. And if it's not worth it, turn it into something that's worth making and then do whatever it takes to actually make that project happen. Mm. And you see it from either an idea, a concept, a script, all the way through to the final edit and the screening. You know, so to be able to oversee a project like that, and have creative input is really exciting and it's something that i i love
2: doing something super commendable too is the fact that like knowing the right person for the job even though you know what i mean that the film that you that that you wrote that you would love to direct but you said well you've got this amazing director and i know that she's going to take us the distance and i think that's for everybody listening even me that's that We all need to hear that because it's such a hard thing to do, especially when it's your baby, right? It's your baby. It's you're passionate about it, whether it's your production company or a feature film or you know a position on set. But if you're not at that level and being able to realize that and let somebody else run that uh, to where you need to be, while you keep leveling up, which man, that's that's awesome. Congrats on that. That's uh, yeah, well, very hard to do.
0: It can be, yeah, it can be, and it's, it, you know, you got to kind of humble yourself, you know, you Um, gotta, you gotta um, eat humble, humble pie a lot in this industry for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's, you see it so much and you see it more so I think with people who haven't done a lot or they're just starting out and they're like, yeah, I wrote this, I'm going to direct it and I'm going to star in it and I'm going to this. And it's like, okay, you can, but it's like, is it going to be the best it can be? Mm -hmm. Is it going to go anywhere? Are mm-hmm. you going to sell the thing, you know? Or is it going to be a really nice home movie that you have that you show your friends? Right. I mean, what are you trying to do, you know? And it's like, I'm an actor. I would love to star in these movies, but I'm not Brad Pitt. Like, mm-hmm. right. you know, I'm not going to deliver a line the way he's going to deliver the line. And I'm not going to sell the movie. So you have to kind of realize where you're at, you know? yeah, And uh, let the people, let the big boys come in and, and take your project and make what might be a good project into a great project,
1: you know? Well, and an actor will really make or break, you know, even just, like, the distribution side of it, too. Like, you can have an actor, just having them in that movie can really help sell the film. 100%. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's a humbling experience to, like, write someone else into a role that you want to do. I had to do it one time as a DP where a project came across our plate, and I had to, like be like this is for someone who's more qualified than me to execute this um it was that one military project that came along and it was mm. like half mm-hmm. a million dollar mm. in we can't
2: talk about it either but yeah. <laughs> NDA. but it
1: was like dude y'all are asking for something that i've I, I, right. I don't know how to like execute at a confident level um where it's like there's someone out there who would be a better fit for it than i would and it's it's yeah. It's, Joey yeah.
2: doesn't tell me no very often, but that was a uh, which was good. I was I was proud of you for telling me that too. And that was the uh, the right move. Same thing. I was like, I'm not directing this. Like, yeah, that's this is way above what I can do yeah. for this commercial spot that they need to do. Yeah, but we were ready to produce it and you know pull the the project yeah. together. Um,
0: well, and and for me too, it's you know yeah. I could I'd love to put myself in as an actor as the lead actor. I'd love to say I'm I'm the director, but. As a producer or as the writer, how great is it if I can bring in Mm. an A-list actor who's going to be in my movie that I just wrote, that I'm producing? If I can bring in this great director, you know, it's – to me, that's more important or as important than – it's not about me, you know? I I don't want to just put myself in something or put myself in a position just because I want to be in it. I want to make the best film I can make, Mm. you know?
2: So good. So so talking about making films, like this is something, you know, uh, that I know that Joey and I are passionate about trying to get more into the narrative space. And I know a lot of our listeners as well, you know, whether they're in the commercial or corporate or, or wedding films or whatever they're into, um, how, what's the process look like? Or, or at least can you speak to your involvement of finding the, you know, what's the process from start to finish for you, right? From analyze it i don't know and sum it up yeah. in 30 seconds uh you know f- how do you how do you know if it's a good script how do you make it a good script how do you get the distribution i know this is a whole master class but can yeah, you speak to any of the things uh, even just a quick key tips elements that, that us, you look yeah, for yeah put us in the right direction
0: yeah i mean as far as a script it's you know within five pages if the script is any good five mm. ten pages mm. you know Um, so that just comes down to finding just a quality writer and quality, you know, somebody who knows how to write and, and, and is experienced in writing. Um, you know, so that's first is just like, is there anything to this script? Then it comes down to like genre audience appeal, you know, is there an audience for this? Is it going to do well domestically and not internationally? Is it going to do well internationally? You know, maybe not domestically, like, you know, comedies, they're very much, uh, they're very subjective, you know. Mm. What's funny here is not funny in Asia. What's funny here is not funny in England, you know. So comedies are hard to sell, you know. Knowing what sells really well, horror sells really well, uh, sci-fi sells really well, westerns sell really well, you know. So trying to get the right genre uh, that's going to sell easily, and then it's just building out your package, you know. And that's what we've really tried to do with uh, these projects that we've been working on. Punch Drunk specifically is creating that package, attaching people who we have access to, we have relationships with, and whether it's six degrees of separation or it's somebody that we can just text or call on the phone, you know, getting Lisa Arnold involved, getting a director involved, getting, uh, you know, five-time Grammy-winning composer uh, involved, getting whoever we can that's going to add value to your package, you know, your pitch deck. Um, and I would be very careful about attaching people who aren't going to help you. Because you can attach all these people in these roles, they don't do anything for your project. You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you've already promised positions to people or roles to people that don't do anything, yeah, that don't push the needle. Um, and then going back to actors, man, it's like a chess game. It's the weirdest thing. But actors are commodities like anything else, like NBA players, like, you know, somebody could be really famous here. They're, they, do terribly in Europe yeah. or in South America or what? It's just the weirdest thing. But an actor sells your movie. Period. It's just that's the truth. Unless you have a director who's this amazing hot director, uh, Spielberg, he'll sell a Tarantino. movie. Tarantino, right? Tarantino yeah. will sell a movie. But aside from that, your actors are going to sell your movie. You know. Right. So you need those at least one, two roles in the film that are going to be uh, pivotal roles you know, with at least 30% of the movie, you know, 30% FaceTime that are going to sell your movie. And when a distributor looks at it, they're going to say, yeah, I'll take it because so and so is in it. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to do. But if you can attach those actors, um, then you have a really good, really
2: good package. That was one of the best master classes I've attended and you did it all in probably like three minutes. Great piece there.
0: It's been it's been six months of that <laughs> so far. It's just trying to get our well, to the it. point where <laughs> Yeah, you're
1: crushing yeah. it, bro. S- so question on the Shadow Creek film that you did, did you have a, like a, a bigger actor in that, or did you kind of say take we all that? We had advice.
0: Jordan Walker Ross from The Chosen nice. and Washington's armor. Yeah, nice. No, yes. Jordan, Jordan. Is hey, but The
1: Chosen dude. is a the biggest crowdfunded yeah. film in history. Yeah. So it's not like a small uh, audience base there. Yeah. No,
0: we, I love Jordan, and I would work with him any day. Um, he's he's in Punch Drunk as well. Um, we you know we, we really didn't. That was, yeah. it was, but it was such a small film. I mean, our budget was so low. Yeah. And it's a genre that sells. You mm. know, it's a monster movie, right. it's, a, it's a thriller. And that's why we did that. Yeah. So, you know, if your budget's low enough, you're, you're going to make your money back. Yeah. You know, but if you're throwing 200,000, 300,000, 400,000 into a movie and you don't have some sort of a name,
1: it's risky business
0: good luck yeah you know what i'm saying mm. like just don't expect to, to make, your make that back, back. Yeah, you know right. um you know but if you're down at like 40 50 60,000, yeah. even one hundred thousand, yeah if you've got the right genre and you're a good filmmaker i mean it right. can't it can't suck right but it looks good sounds good acting's great you have a good story you could probably make your money back you yeah. know, through minimum guarantees and right. you know international sales and selling to as many markets as you can. Yeah, you, you'll probably be okay. So cool. you, you really got to pay attention to your yeah. to your budget and how much you're putting into a film.
1: Love it, man. Yeah. So what? Talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you had to overcome um, with that movie, and just uh, some of the like hard lessons maybe that you had to learn, or things that how you grew from that project.
0: Oh man, I mean, it was it, just countless ways. You know, I mean. You guys know you show up to set. It's like, what's going to go wrong today? Right. You know? And I just think the biggest challenge was not having the budget. You know? You can only do what you can do. And we had a fantastic crew. You know, the people that we had and they were working long hours. We tried to keep it to like eight hours because, you know, the pay wasn't great. Mm -hmm. You know? We're not paying them super well for a 12-hour day. So we're like, let's try to keep this to eight hours. We never made a day. I mean, no. we were 10 hours, 12 hours. Some of them were longer, shooting nights. You know, yeah. it was miserable. So like yeah. I I couldn't give enough praises to the people that we had involved really cool. that they stuck with us. And that's one of the biggest things is as a filmmaker, as a producer, to to know that people want to work with you again. Like for me, that's so important as an actor, as a director, as a producer, whatever it is. Like I don't want it to just be about the end product, right? you know, people are more important than the end product. 100%. So we wanna make sure, you know, and Cinemammoth, we always wanna make sure that people feel respected, that people feel appreciated, that like, cause making a movie is super hard and it's not always fun being on set, you know, and especially if you've got rude people and you've got, you know, directors that have egos, whatever it is, like, we don't want that, you know, we wanna make sure that people enjoy being there, have fun, have a good experience, and i think everybody on that film did even though it was so difficult you know one of the hardest things that we could do everybody was just happy to be there yeah you know and enjoyed it and wanted to come back and want to work with us again so to me that's a win
1: it just says something about the filmmaking industry too it's such a rare thing to see people like as hungry as they are and as passionate as they are to just donate so much time and energy and commitment to projects to just create art yeah and I, I it's one of my favorite things about the industry that you won't find in a lot of other lines of work is that like there are so many people here willing to just sacrifice and dedicate you know go really far above and beyond in the name of making something yeah um I, it's just one of my favorite things about this industry is you got people willing to sacrifice for art's sake and I think that's super cool. So I'm and glad I, you had yeah. a team that was willing to and do
0: that. And we've done it. We've all done it. And and you know, I'm at the point where I I super appreciate that, but I don't want people to have to do that anymore. Totally. You know? Totally. I want to pay people what they're worth. Yeah. And
1: uh yeah, it's it's tough to do in this business sometimes. Yeah. Well, man, I have so many more questions, but I feel like we're we're gonna inch our way towards the the end of the segment. So I got Um, five questions that we'd like to ask every guest while they're on the podcast. Uh, And I'm going to start by, if you could go back and do it all again, what is one thing that you would do different? And I'm really interested to hear your story because you went all over the map. If you could go back and do it again.
0: I mean, there's probably a thousand things that I would do (laughs) differently. But um, I think just trust the process more Mm. because, you know... You get caught up in this this is never gonna happen. What am I even doing? And I think like filmmaking, like if you go to school to be a doctor, you know in eight years you're gonna be a doctor.
1: Yep. Mm. Like
0: it might suck for eight years, but at the end of the road is straight. The road is straight. And at the end of that those eight years, I have a degree and I'm a doctor. In filmmaking, I could put ten years into this and I'm still not a filmmaker. Yeah. Like (laughs) like you're a filmmaker i mean if you take out your phone and you shoot sure. something you're a filmmaker but you might not, not be where any you making want money to be, yeah. Yeah. you might not be making any money and you know what i mean yeah. so there's no like end in sight but i think so that for me always was super discouraging and i just didn't you you i couldn't see the future if that makes sense but looking back it's just the every day the little steps the choices you make the the habits you build just working at it eventually Like, for me, I say, oh, yeah, it's a super fast process. It's been like a year, two years. All these things are happening. Well, yeah, it took 20 years to Mm. get here, you know? And it's like those overnight successes. Yeah, it looks like- Took 20 years to be an overnight success. Yeah, it took you 20 years to be an overnight success. So I think it's just trusting that process of like, yes, this will happen. You know, it will work out. I have no clue how, but I'm going to just keep doing this every day. I'm going to keep whatever it is, writing. I'm going to keep shooting stuff. I'm going to keep editing you know, and eventually that
1: opportunity will come, you know, and you'll look back
0: and you go, wow, how did I get here?
1: So heavy, good, heavy stuff. Love I it. I love it. I'm inspired. I want to like go out and create something right now. Yeah, <laughs> But um, man, so what excites you most about the current film industry or market?
0: I think the opportunity. I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said about the streaming networks and how the entire industry has changed. I mean, completely changed. Um, you had four major networks before. Now you have 20, you know I mean, to where you can watch shows and TV. It's almost, it's overwhelming. But the opportunity to get your projects out there and the the amount of streamers that need content, I think is easier than ever. For you to get your project out get your project seen so you know that's really exciting and just the where we are with technology to be able to create industry standard movies with almost no budget now yeah. mm. you know i mean in the 90s it would cost you 100k just to rent a camera and film yeah. you know it was impossible to for an indie maker <laughs> filmmaker yeah. To make a quality Let film. Let alone
1: the film stock that you're using. Yeah, to create
0: the lighting, the yeah. it just you couldn't, where, and where do you even get it? Yeah. Mm. Now, literally, you can take out your iPhone and shoot a movie. And, yeah. And it's going to be in 4K and it's going to look pretty good, you know, and you can edit on your iPhone, edit on your laptop. So there's really no excuse to not do it. And there's no excuse not to make great quality films. So yeah. I think it's just super exciting that you have the opportunity to do it and there's an outlet.
1: Mm. you know so good man yeah there's definitely more accessibility from like every angle now than ever before and there's more demand than ever before so like even just like the lights that aperture and godox are creating that are like bi-colored 1200 you know led rgbw lights that are like dude this is and at the price point that you're doing it at now it's like the lighting is cheaper. Cameras—you can go out and get a little Sony FX3 for like three grand or thirty-five hundred bucks, and Netflix has approved it. And you know, it's like the accessibility to make films for all of these different distribution networks, and then even self-distribution now, which is a whole other conversation that Shane uh, gets excited every time we talk about. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's definitely more demand than ever before, and it's it's an exciting time to be a filmmaker for sure. Um, What is one piece of advice that you can give on top of the other hundred pieces of advice you've already gave uh, to filmmakers who are trying to grow in their craft or the business?
0: You just got to do it. I mean, it's the the 10,000 hour rule, right? It takes 10,000 hours to be a master at something, whatever that is. And you just got to do it. If you're a writer, you got to write. And that's the, for me, that is so hard to be motivated. I mean, I've written probably six, I've probably done six feature films and um, and again it's been what 17 I started writing when I was 19 and now 17 18 years later I'm actually getting one made so it's like you got to just you got to keep doing it though you know yeah. you got to hone your craft and like we just talked about as a filmmaker there's really no excuse to not do it because you can use your phone you can whatever if yeah. you want to be a filmmaker learn how to shoot learn how to tell a story, learn how to edit, you know, and just do it over and over and over and get as good as you can at it. And eventually you'll get noticed, you know? And and again, you know, success is when, what opportunity meets preparation, right? So when that door opens, when that opportunity is there, you want to be ready. Mm. Mm.
1: So good, man. Um, Where as an industry are we headed in filmmaking right now and what should we be focusing on?
0: Oh man, where are we headed? I... Dude, if I knew that, (laughs) I don't know where we're headed, to be honest with you. Um, I – well, we could go a couple different directions with this. Um, (laughs) I think that – I think personally, and I'm I'm just going to talk about like genre. I think we really need a lot more uh, family-oriented shows because there's – the stuff that's being made, you can't watch with your family. Like families can't sit down and watch it, you know? Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's either maybe it's made for kids or it's made for adults. There's not a lot that's made for both. And I think that that's, um, that's an area that's really missing. So I think, and there's there's several things that we're working on that we're trying to do that it's gotten really good responses because platforms are like, yeah, we need that. We want that. And families love that, right? They They love content that they can sit down and, and watch together as a family, and spend time because you know. Let's be honest; that's what most people do now is they, <laughs> they sit in front of the TV, right? So if they can do that as a family, uh, it's it's a win-win. So yeah, I think I think that's where the focus should be, and I think if you can do that, you're probably going to have good opportunities to get uh, to get it out there and get it seen.
1: Mm, I love that perspective. I haven't actually thought about that as much, um, but it is so true that like. I mean, you think back 10, 15 years ago, there were so many more family-oriented, yeah. sit around, just like wholesome pieces of T- like TGIF. They yeah, it's Friday, right? Yeah, dude, just wholesome pieces of family like content that we have gotten away from without getting too political on the on the show. But
0: right, yeah, yeah. I just think I, I think that's a huge area uh, that's that's lacking, and and uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there.
1: Mm, that's good. That's insight right there. Uh, last question um, from our uh, five question. We needed like a, a name for these five questions. Um, well, that, that's the rough the... five. Nope, that's a veto. <laughs> nope, the rough cut five. We'll keep working on it. Keep working on it. Um, who is one filmmaker that you admire and why? I.
0: Off the top of my head, I got to say Tarantino because, you know, the dude only does what he wants.
1: Facts. <laughs>
0: you know? Facts. I mean, and to be that disciplined is pretty impressive to me, you know? And yeah. obviously not everybody, I mean, how many people have that luxury? But to just say, I'm going to do what I want to do, and he's true to himself and his art and yeah. his craft, and he's like, and if it's, if it's not – then I I don't need to do it, you know? Mm. And that's, you know, I wish I was that disciplined, but I'm not gonna lie, I've done a lot of crap just because <laughs> I have the opportunity, you know? Yeah. Or I it's they're paying me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like so. it's a need. One yeah. of my
1: one of my favorite quotes to like paraphrase what he said one time is like, I make movies for one person and that's me. And I don't care who is in the audience. I make movies that I want to watch. And I was yeah. like, that is such a powerful um just like framework to guide your films is to not make movies for you know this group or person or you know it's like i yeah. want to make movies that i want to watch um,
0: i i feel like most people in the industry whether you're an actor you're a filmmaker you have to go through an entire career to get to that point right where you can say right. okay now i can just do what i want to yeah. do and he's made a career of right. that. Mm. so i just I, I think it's really cool yeah
1: That is, yeah, he's, he's, he's a legend. We'll, we'll end it at that. But, um, I was going to say something. I was like, yeah, I'm going to steer away. But, uh, man, dude, thank you so much for your time, your insight. This has been, uh, one of my favorite episodes so far for sure. So thank you for just coming out, kicking game. Uh, what, what, what's, what's ahead, man? What's coming up on the, on the horizon for you, uh, the rest of this year? So
0: we are trying to do at least one film this year. That's our goal. Uh, we had wanted to do two, but it's June already. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But we relatable, yeah. Things are <laughs> things are things are moving pretty well for a couple of projects. Um, I've got uh, sports drama that that we're doing. Uh, we've got a, a supernatural thriller that we're doing, and I've got a, a reality show that I'm working on as well. Beautiful, um, man. And so, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff on the horizon Um, and just, you know, talking about the ups and the downs and the hardships. I was like at the point where I'm like, not long ago, I'm like, man, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Mm. Why am I here? Mm. You know, I'm like, do I really want to, why don't I just focus on real estate and, you know, making money. And then like the next day we get an email that like an a list that we really wanted is, you know, On board, loves the script. And it was just like changed everything. And that was literally yesterday. So, (laughs) like, wow. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff happening. I wish I could give you more details. Sure. NDA. Yeah. I just just can't yet. Um, I had a couple things that just aired. I was, I started in a Lifetime movie that just came out uh, in. Congrats. A couple months ago, yeah, and then I did a, a Inspiration Network TV show, Into the Wild Frontier, which Willie Molina did as well. Nice. That's awesome. um, so yeah, I've had a couple things that just aired. I've got a feature film I'm doing in September up in Michigan, which is going to be really cool. I'm excited about it. It's uh, it. period piece, takes place right after World War One, mm. and it's about a gang of uh, bootleggers nice. up, uh, up in the so primhandle. fun. Yeah. So it's that's so going to be exciting, and uh, yeah, we um, we've got a lot going on. So. Just uh you know stay in touch, follow uh cinemammoth. Uh and uh Yeah,
1: you know, is that the mean, best way for people to connect with you?
0: Yeah, if you want to connect with me personally or follow me personally, uh Instagram is the best. So it's just at Mr. My, underscore Nick Schroeder. Mr. Name, Nick Schroeder. Mr. Nick Schroeder. Uh or you can go to you know cinemammoth.com cool. and just check out the projects that we've got going on. And uh Ryan's pretty good at keeping that updated. So yeah.
2: That's awesome. Man, thanks for the transparency too. I feel yeah. like that's a lot of filmmakers, even us, you, you do have these waves, right? Oh, yeah. Like you, a month ago or two days ago, you could be like, this is it. We're done. Like what what yeah. are we doing? And then it's it's it is a roller coaster. So thanks for sharing that. I think a lot, you know, a lot of people do need to hear that. And we, we say that all the time. It's a wild ride. Yeah. You just gotta stay strapped in and yeah. enjoy the process, trust the process, like you had said. Also, I feel like Nick might have just kicked off one of the first Joey's dreading what I'm about to say. He's like, where is he going with this? A new uh shirt idea for the podcast, okay? Uh, filmmaking is a sickness. Ooh. He said that. And Dude, I think we should have that as his quote and the Rough Cut Club on there. I love it. I didn't I, even I would wear that. I didn't yeah. even get a chance to like speak on
1: that because we wound up rolling into the next thing. But that's such a relatable um concept. Even just like. Like, the beginning of a film is is always super exciting. The end of the film is super exciting. But in the middle, like, sometimes you literally physically get sick because of how difficult it is to do. And you, it's like, why am I doing this? And it's for the final, like, it's for the process. And the, the, the process is what sucks you back in. And even as difficult as it is working nights in the forest and, and doing all the hardship, you know, laborious tasks we have to do, it calls us.
0: Yeah, 100%. When you're when you're in post, when you're editing and you've seen that movie 100 times mm. oh, yeah. and you're like I am never going to do this again. I'm never going to even watch this movie. And <laughs> and the, the, it's the moment it's done, you're like when's the next
1: one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, it's that's like, so good. It's like man. what is wrong with me? That's so awesome. Well, uh Nick, dude, thank you again for uh coming out, making the trek here. Mr. Filmmaking is a sickness himself. Um <laughs> Dude, just appreciate the game. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. And, uh, yeah, we're glad that you made it out here.
2: Yeah, and if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, please drop us a comment. Uh, maybe order the shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> pre order <laughs> uh, start <pre-order>. yesterday. <laughs> make sure we'll put uh, Nick's links in the comments or, or in the caption. Uh, make sure you're following us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And uh, we'll see you next time.
1: On the next episode of the Rough Cut Club. Cheers. Later.
0: Peace.